could it be that now the time has come that we need to work with our sellers' expectations because they have just been on a runaway train of rising prices. And I just picture one of those like cartoon cowboys going like, like that's how it's been for sellers. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Well, hello, everybody. We are back after a few weeks of COVID goodness. We're off the mend. We're still on the mend, actually. We're not really off the mend, but we're we're functioning. And there's nothing I would rather do as you have a cough attack. There's nothing I'd rather do than, (laughs) than come back to the podcast world and talk for a half an hour with our still recovering voices. And you just went on mute there while you had a cough attack. I feel like if any of us goes quiet, it's because we're hacking to death. So those of you watching on video can play along, have a drinking (laughs) game. Every time one of us goes into a coughing fit, you have a drink, you do a shot. That's not what you came to hear. It's just like a little tickle, like it's so not, a, it's not fun at all. Oh, yours, <laughs> yours a tickle. Mine's like, uh, no, it's like there's like a, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. The more I talk about it, the more I'm going to do it. So, well, you're like a week behind me. So yours, yeah. I think is more serious. I'm, I'm more just like, this is the, the leftovers of COVID. The leftovers. Yeah, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still on dessert. We're both through the main course, thankfully. Thankfully, it was brutal. I don't know. For me, it was like the the hors d'oeuvres that were the roughest part. <laughs> the hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> the, the appetizer was the rough part for me. The The entree was okay. Mm. There's something to be said when you've got four kids about being forcibly confined away from them for a period of time. It's not the worst thing in the world. No, I actually enjoyed that part. Yeah, I know. I, I, feel like, I feel like this week we've been missing what last week was for you and I'm kind of no. reveling in it. It's but, true. Uh, but now here we are reality behind us and and look what happens look what happens we go into covid quarantine for two weeks we come out and what we're in a buyer's market now could it be (laughs) could the entire real estate world have turned upside down over the course of a couple bouts with covid19 it's possible possible i think the writing was on the wall for the last month i would say for like what we were seeing in terms of slowdowns and all that kind of stuff. And now we're starting to see the prices go down. Well, that's it. And I think um, that is what the theme behind what we're talking about today is going to be. We're going to focus on the much awaited shift in the tide when it comes to setting expectations, because for years we've been talking about, and you've all been living the challenge of managing your buyer's expectations as prices keep getting farther away and trying to coach our buyers into being in the running and having a shot in a sea of 500 offers on a property. Could it be 
that now the time has come that we need to work with our sellers' expectations because they have just been on a runaway train of rising prices. And I just picture one of those like cartoon cowboys going like, pew, 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 pew. like that's how it's been for sellers. And yeah. now I they've think, gone uh, back into their houses. That's right. Cried. The runaway train has hit a wall and it's not necessarily moving backwards, but I think, I think it's kind of, it's not moving it's forward. Is. It's not moving well, forward. Well, um, I, I posted a chart the other day and it did very much appear as if a lot of markets are going backwards and we're in Ontario and we're seeing like percentage change in price from February versus April, um, like three weeks in um, areas like Milton, Mississauga, Oshawa, Pickering, Whitby. Um, like all of them are down, but those ones are between 10 and 15% down mm-hmm. price-wise. So that's huge. Like oh, yeah. we're talking, you're now seeing prices that like prices back in November and December, those levels versus the craziness of February and a bit of March. Right. So I, I think first and foremost, it's really about adjusting how you do evaluation for your potential clients. Like if you go into MLS and you search in their area over the past 90 days, that's really going to get you some skewed results in a really bad way where your sellers are going to expect that they can sell maybe on average between now and, you know, back in February um, prices. And that's just not going to be accurate. And that's just going to set yourself up for failure. So it's not only looking at more, um, like timely stats, but it's also being really familiar, familiar what's going on in that market. Because what I'm seeing is a lot of agents that don't work in a specific market list homes there and, and they don't even recognize um, what's going on or how to properly price things. Yeah. Or set their, or set their clients' expectations, which is even like the bigger issue. Well, th- this is where we've been talking recently about the transition out of being order takers, which is what a lot of realtors have through no fault of their own. They've been able to do that in an easy seller's market. You just kind of take the listing, you put it out there, you sell it, you get your commission, you move on. And where that might still be possible in some places now, now's the time where as realtors, we cannot feed and mimic our client's narrative. And just go with what they tell us, especially if it's not in your wheelhouse, like you were saying, right? So if, if I'm like, we're in Vaughn, if somebody were to call me and I've, I've got now actually a listing that's probably going to be coming out in the East end. Mm -hmm. And that individual has seen what's been happening for the last few months, not the last couple of weeks, but the last few months when they decide to call you and say, things are amazing. Prices are high. I can't wait. That's what I should get because you're such a good realtor. Obviously you're going to get me that. If you don't do the work and you're just happy to get the phone call because you're listening to a past podcast of ours and misinterpreting what we said about mirroring and matching what your clients are saying, Hmm. that doesn't mean that doesn't mean going with their analysis of the market. If you start just saying, absolutely, things have been crazy and I can't wait to get you a lot of money. You are cruising for a bruising, mister. Cruising for a bruising. You got a hankering for a spanker. 
<laughs> wow. Um, no, that's that's very true. And I had something else to add to that. And now I forgot what it was. I threw Spankerin in there and took you off. Yeah, the I know. You threw me right off with that. Um, damn it. What was I going to say? It was good. Oh, that's what I was going to say. The other thing is that if you're just looking off of like real estate board stats, those are a month behind typically too. So yep. you need to be doing your own research and staying on top of these things because it's literally changing by the week now. And if you don't see the price changes and the relists and the days on market, like that's one thing I'm noticing lately, the days on market is now trending upwards. Like you started with listings coming out, not getting offers on offer dates. So either price change or termination. Now we've started seeing prices go down and now it's like the listings are staying on the market for a little bit longer. So it's we, all, it's all like a sign that things and are that, slow. That's been skewing people's analysis of supply also. And I feel like I have a lot of people who don't agree with what I think here, which is fine because they're probably right. But supply is down. I agree with that. However, the stuff that's not selling remains part of the assets on market right now. It continues to feed this pot of available properties. And yeah. a lot of the available properties that are out there are available because the sellers entered into these contracts and entered into these listings with misguided expectations and they're right. stuck on them, right? We yeah. talked and we've seen a lot of now offer dates that aren't selling or you know, uh, uh, things that, that go through you know, the week and then relist and reprice at a much higher, here's what I actually wanted number that yeah. is maybe in line with this straight line if it were to keep going for the last few months, but that straight line has stopped. And even if you know, this 10% month over month trajectory were to just change to zero, forget going yeah. down, if it were just to stop, but the mm -hmm. seller wanted it to keep going up 10% every month, they're still not going to get what they wanted, even though the price is still at an all-time high. Yeah. So you've got this widening gap now between the seller's expectations, if we can't manage them, continuing to go up, and buyer's expectations that are now for the first time in a while. So where the difference lies between these sellers who are expecting it to go up and buyers who are at a minimum comfortable where it is or expecting to pay less because now they've got this understanding that there's more out there and the market's softening and interest rates are going up and their ability to pay more is lower. You've now got this gap where somebody, something's got to give. And the truth of the matter is the buyers have been giving for the last two years. And yeah. now the time has come where sellers are the shoes on the other foot. And now sellers yeah. are going to need to just come to terms with the fact that they still have it pretty good, but shows over on this gravy train. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that I like, we're, we're both seeing properties that are still doing well um, for this market. They're presented well, they're priced right the first time and they're selling fast at a good price, not like ridiculous, crazy, but I think that's the difference. And I think if you're an agent going in and as you said, being an order taker and saying, yeah, let's try pricing at 200,000 over what your neighbor sold for and see what happens. 
um, you're going to fall into a trap and your clients are, are going to be put at a disservice because it's going to stay on the market for a while. It's going to become uh, that stigmatized property where it's like, I, I've seen them. I've, I've brought my clients to properties like this. And you look at the listing history and their prices are all over the place. It's been sitting on the market for, you know, a month or two. And you start questioning what is wrong. And like, it, and it, to take it further, it's also the games that I noticed some agents play. Like they just, they're trying to, like, I don't know what they're trying to fish for because it's all black and white. We all know, you know, value obviously is subjective, but when you're trying to push for a price that's just never going to be able to get, we're never going to, they're never, you're never going to be able to get it turns buyers agents completely off. Like they'll move on to another property. If you're not going to take it seriously and you're just going to keep trying to push for more and play games and, Oh, make an offer, put it on paper, but we're not going to take anywhere close to what you're, you're offering. Like stop wasting my time. Like, tell me you're not, you know? And this is again, where you can't become just the sounding board that represents what your client wants. If it's not appropriate. Yeah. Right. And that's a lot of these people are doing what their clients telling them to do. And we, we were talking about it before we, we came. The other thing when it comes to our seller's expectations, which you touched on, is that they're not equipped with the current right now information in their market. And yeah. every expectation of what we've been dealing with with buyers and now with sellers is just with the stuff that they know and that they've heard. And that typically lags weeks, if not months from what's happening right now. Right. That's the challenge we faced with buyers was that you can't be playing catch up constantly. Right. If you're always in there at the price that was two weeks ago, you're just going to constantly be going up and up and up. And by the end of it all, you're three months in, you're a quarter million dollars higher than you started and you're still not where you need to be. Where if you would have spent that two months ago, you would have got a lot more house and been done. Right. Yeah, that's the same message that now is going to confront sellers, where if they're stuck in what they saw their neighbor sell for a month ago, they're stuck in this gap of time of whatever it is, a couple of weeks or a month. It's a very short period of time. Like this isn't stuff that's taken four months to develop. Like this is in the last month. Things have just really tanked. Yeah. So it's yeah. our job to be the ones who know what is right now and tell the stories of the unfortunate situations of the places that didn't sell on offer date and are relisted at high prices. And the people who are trying to get what you're trying to get are sitting this many days on the market and they're ultimately selling for this much less and dealing with this much more pain and frustration and time because mm -hmm. that's what happens when you don't set the appropriate expectation going in. Right. Yeah. And, and setting an expectation for a seller that's lower than what maybe they want, or even lower than maybe what the market is telling you doesn't mean you're going to get the lower number. It just means you're putting them in a position to be happy about things when it all comes together. You'll try to outdo your expectation. You're not saying, hey, we're working to this low number. You're saying, mm -hmm. here's what the market is saying right now. And here's where I can tell you it makes sense and where we can be. Obviously, we're going to try to outdo that. Mm -hmm. But if you go at it saying, yeah, I know you want 2 million, we're going to do everything we can to get that. But the market says one eight. Yeah. Setting yourself up for just angry conversations and stress. Yeah. 
yeah, when you put it out in front right away, especially everybody has that feeling when they come at a listing presentation, they're like, oh crap, like, I don't think we're on the same plane, same terms. I don't think, um, I, I like, you, you know, when you're going to start having difficult conversations with people later on in the transaction. So it's better to get ahead of it as we always like to do and just be like that voice of reason. Um, and it's a hard conversation, but I guarantee you feel a lot better once you've had it and you feel comfortable moving forward with the, the process of working with that particular person because you've laid it out out there and hopefully they've somewhat taken your advice and done what, what, done what you said they should do. Well, and it's going to, it's foreshadowing our next episode, but when you've got that feeling that something could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Or you know yeah. that something is risky and you're really putting yourself out there without laying out all of the possible outcomes. You better believe that most likely bad situation is more possible than you think. Right. Yeah. right? Everyone yeah. on other sides of transactions, you all want to get a deal done, but your objectives are yours and yours alone for you and your client. All the buyers have another objective, right? They're not going to be working to your goal. Right. Yeah. And when there's not as much competition, especially people don't have the same incentive to go crazy and give you the number you want, right? They've got the ability to wait and the weather's getting better and interest rates keep getting higher and supply is slowly ramping back up. Um, And the way that buyers will crack historically Mm -hmm. because they just can't take it anymore and they pay too much, we're going to start seeing some of these sellers crack, the ones who have needed that number and it's sitting on the market 30, 60 days where they say, all right, just get me what you can get me. Yeah. Well, that's it. It can, it can move down pretty quickly. Like the desperation can escalate. Um, And, and I've seen that as well, where you're looking at listings that will literally say in in capital letters, motivated seller. Um, And it's, and it is those people that have likely bought in March and figured, okay, well, I have a couple of weeks. I can put my house on the market and have it sold in a week and now they're sitting here like oh crap like I don't know what's going to happen and those are the people that just really have to be realistic and come in with a plan that is going to sell their home quickly because you can like average days on market like it is going up but it's going up because people sellers are unrealistic on their their price expectations right now any home that is priced well and in reality um, is still selling from what I'm seeing in our market within a week. Demand is still like demand hasn't stopped. And and the number of people, all these statistics we've talked about and the wave that's still coming that hasn't even happened yet is still coming. So there's not, there's not a worry about that if you're going to be realistic, but at some point, you know, this isn't to me, at least this isn't a bubble that has burst. It's not that this is just reality had to set in at some point and stop this train. And it is through economic measures, through, you know, all sorts of different things. So just be the person that your seller needs you to be, be all that you can be. Be the voice of reason, be the, yeah, be the level-headed professional that you are. And you're better off not taking a listing with somebody that has a crazy high price and focus your efforts and your money, your marketing money on places that will sell 
because the, the seller is being realistic on, on their expectations. Like just like also keep in mind, you know, if you are paying for staging, if that's part of your services, like if you've only got it for a month, like if you're going to be wasting your time on a property that's overpriced by a few hundred thousand dollars, like, you know, you're going to be spending a lot of money. And so it's a, it's a business decision and, and it does hurt to say no to listings, but I do think that we need to start being a little bit more real with ourselves and ask ourselves, is it better to waste our time on this or like actually use the time for something more effective in my business? Yeah. Um, this, is, this is part of your, this has to be part of your system. When we talk about listings and all that, the ability to walk away and the ability yeah. to evaluate the value of a listing to you. Yeah. There's a threshold that you can't cross. Like yeah. you just can't waste your time and somebody else will. There's always someone who will tell the seller what they want to hear. Don't mm -hmm. be that person if it's not the right answer, right? Yeah. Uh, you've got to be prepared to walk away because when you're selling, even though buying is a strain on you with time and, co and opportunity cost of the time you can waste on somebody, there are real hard costs to selling and listing and no guarantee of revenue. So yeah. from a financial business perspective, you don't want to be five or 10 grand in the hole on a place that never has a prayer, right? Exactly. So- yeah. You know, and, and that's plus the time and the stress that goes with not getting the number you promised these people you'd get. Mm -hmm. yeah. So be smart, keep fit and have fun. <laughs> Why do we always get to that point where we say keep fit and have Cause, fun? Because the world has not seen enough Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod in the last couple <laughs> of decades. And I wonder where they are. We need a better tagline for us, but I'm okay with that. And I know keep we're going to have fun. We're going <laughs> to Well, the weather's getting better. So get outside. Yep. And uh, go meet Keep yourself. And have fun. Go, go meet yourself a seller, and explain um, to them that their house isn't fine. worth what they think it's worth. Make that your new thing. Just make conversation with people who aren't even going to sell their house and say, "Hey, you know, your house isn't worth what you think it's worth." Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> no, don't do that. All right. On that note, thanks guys for listening. Thank you for being patient with us as we dealt with COVID the last couple of weeks, but we are back. And Daniel's coughing up a storm, but he's we're both back. So thanks and have a good week. Later.